Support for this podcast comes from Davis Malm. If you're a buyer, seller, investor, or lender, Davis Malm attorneys know each deal has unique needs and requirements. Building client relationships one transaction at a time. More at davismalm.com. D-A-V-I-S-M-A-L-M.com. WBUR Podcasts. Boston. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and you're listening to The Common. We are standing in East Boston's Maverick Square, outside a busy tea stop, excited to try some of the great food Eastie has to offer. It's our latest installment of our Neighborhood Guide series for WBUR, Field Guide to Boston. It's a project that aims to help you better connect with the city's communities. East Boston is a neighborhood of immigrants through and through. 2020 census data shows that the neighborhood is more than 50% Hispanic and just shy of 65% of the neighborhood speaks a language other than English at home. So today we're in Eastie to check out three Latino, Latina-owned restaurants. Our guide for the day is Luz Gladys Oliveros. She's the Latinx advisor for equity and inclusion for the mayor of Boston. She has lived in Eastie for almost 30 years and has done a lot of work with the community. So I'd say we're in good hands for this food tour. Where are we going first? We are going to Cactus in the corner. It's a hard spot for us because all the um, neighborhood center employees and the offices came for pick a lunch. It's a kind of home food. Okay. Yeah, it's no fast food, but it's fast. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's do it, okay. Cactus Mexican Grill serves Mexican and Salvadoran food. It's a small place with a few seats against the walls. What are we getting today? Here you can get probably the most famous Salvadorian tortillas or pupusas. I would like to try pupusas. Try pupusas. Here is the place. Okay. Here is the place. While we wait for our food, Gladys introduces us to cactus owner Rodrigo Villanueva. He spoke with us in Spanish, so Gladys helped translate. Hace 16 años que comenzamos aquí, pero yo tengo otro negocio que es lo tengo como 35 años. Wow. He said that it's a blessing to be here. He is in business for 35 years because he has another business in Chelsea. But here is the second place, and he has 16 years in this place. And he said that it's a blessing because he gives jobs, but also they keep business up. During the pandemic, was tough. The business goal is slow, go down really big, but now they start getting up. He said that he has 40 years in this country, he is working hard, was not easy, but he is happy to be here. We made our way over to a seat near the door to give one of Cactus's pupusas a try. You like it? Yeah, very good. Cheesy, really cheesy. Not spicy at all. Yeah, very good. Cheese is big. And that is $3.50, something like that, $3.50. Very inexpensive, and that is why it's so popular, because people came here to find inexpensive food, cheap food, good food, and fast. 
Back out in Maverick Square, we hop into Gladys' car and head towards our next destination. It feels like Gladys knows everyone in the neighborhood. People stop her to say hello in the restaurants we visit, even waving to her from the street as we sit at a red light. Hola. ¿Cómo estás? Huh? Oh, excellent. <laughs> Everybody knows you. You're like the mayor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, it, it, it's funny because when I, in the 90s, in 2000, I was doing the same thing, but as a, you know, as a volunteer or as a, a activist, I, I was here with the businesses, trying to encourage them, helping them to do the right thing because everybody wants to have business, but they, they are not organized with the payroll or, or taxes. And because they don't speak English, they was afraid to approach the, the administration. And we start working on that all together. We are in communication all the time. And when they need something or they have a problem right away, we are helping each other. Mm. That is why I love this Boston, because here is everything. I mm. feel home. We turn onto Bennington Street, where we see El Peñol, a restaurant that's an institution for Boston's Colombian community. Gladys is from Colombia herself and tells us she's been eating at El Peñol since she moved to Boston. And when I arrived to here, I was by myself. I was eating there because I don't cook. And, mm. and I was there every single day. But also because I was by myself, sometimes I was sick. And only I need to call there, and they send me medicine, hard tea, uh, soups, the family. Yeah. When I graduated, I was here. El Peño. El Peño. Let's do it. <laughs> Is it? This is a really, really busy spot. And weekends, the people is lining up outside, long, long line to be here. Oh, so we came at a slow time. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, here the most popular is the chicharron. Okay. Beans and rice. Chicharron, <laughs> beans and rice. That is the Colombian dish. Okay. I think that you need to take that one. Okay. We take a seat towards the back of the restaurant. One of the workers there, Hugo Valencia, invites us to try some of the food El Peñol offers. He brings us out two dishes to start. First, a plate of house-made empanadas. It's coming with a potato, it's meat inside too. It's fantastic. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's like the potato is in the crust. Yeah, it's inside. That is good. Hugo brings out another plate. It smells amazing, and it's huge. There is different names, I don't know, but this is bandeja paisa, but some people call montañero. So, yeah, it has different names, but it's the same. It's coming with a Colombian sausage, chicharron, egg, rice, beans, sweet plantain, and beef. You already know when it get down on this chicharron. I love pork belly. The chicharron is so good. But you get the fat, the meat, it's all fried together. 
other thing is that you have to be hungry, very hungry to eat a plate like this. This is a, this is a shared meal yes. right here. Can't well, eat that by yourself. Unless you're a linebacker or something. I can eat this. You? For lunch. Yeah. Yes, but sometimes you have to share. But if, you ha if you're hungry, really hungry, you're going to eat everything. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair, a new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. And we're back in East Boston with Gladys Oliveros, our guide for an East Boston food tour. Now we're in the car heading towards Eastie's Day Square, and I asked Gladys how she's seen East Boston change since she moved here almost three decades ago. Especially in that side. Uh, by Maverick Square, by yes. Maverick. And also all business right now or buildings that we see that they are uh, development right now, mm -hmm. of course. Uh, Latinos are not going to have access for that. The new buildings. For sure, yeah. The new buildings coming it's up. It's expensive. Yeah, yeah it's okay. Expensive. We arrive at Rincón Limeño, a restaurant specializing in Peruvian cuisine. As we take a seat, we're met by owner Sandra Jeremilo. Her father opened the restaurant in 1999, and it's been in the family ever since. My dad always had a restaurant in Colombia. When we came to this country, like his dream was that. And he started looking. We have jobs so much different than this when we came. And we were walking around and we found this place. And the lady that owns at that time, my dad asked her, if you ever want to sell, please let me know. And, and then one, that day came and that's how it got. 
right, so your dad started the restaurant and passed it down to you. Yes. Now, Rincon Lemeño is known for its ceviche, but after so many savory dishes, I'm ready for something sweet. For desserts, oh my God, we have a lot. Um, Which of these would you suggest for somebody coming here for the first time? For the first time, the flan, definitely the flan. The flan? Yes. Do the flan. Yes, okay. do the flan. <laughs> I want to do the flan, let's do the flan. What's the combinado? The combinado is rice pudding with the um, mazamorra morada. It's a Peruvian purple corn. So it's like a jello. Something very sweet and it's very delicious too. Nice. Uh, you can try that one too. Okay. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's start with the flan. Okay. Okay. Salad, go. It's always my favorite. My mom is the one in charge of the flan. Got the music. Yes. Yes. Okay. This one here. This is the combinado. Mmm. That's interesting. It's not that sweet. It's good. That's like a balanced dessert. This is a sleeper. That's for the refined palate right there. Because that is really good. Like mine. And it's nice. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, we're headed back to Maverick Square. Gladys, I gotta say thank you so much for taking us out on this tour and you know, not only showing us the food, but the community, because nobody would let us pay. <laughs> like, people were so kind to us, and, you know, they just wanted to feed us and, like, share their food with us, you know what I mean? And I think, of course, you being there, you know, was a, was, was a no, big part Latinos of that. are like that, and here in East Boston, uh, they are so generous. Yeah, they showed us a lot of love, you know? so we really appreciate yeah, no, that. We are so happy to, to see you here in the neighborhood. It's because we feel that you care for us, that you see us, that you you are thinking in us. Mm -hmm. And that is why we are happy and we try to, okay, give you back. We appreciate it. I mean, it's community, you know? Yes, it's true. Thank it's you so true. much. Yeah, we have community here in East Boston. You can learn more about the neighborhood of East Boston and all it has to offer at WBUR.org slash field guide. And that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening to The Common. Do you have any thoughts on which neighborhood we should visit next? Maybe you want to show us around. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on Instagram at WBURTheCommon or send us an email at thecommon at WBUR.org. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and I will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>